Happy Wednesday, everybody. Back on with Get Your Goat. Going to touch on a few things today. The Rams defense is going to be one of them. ESPN came out with their power rankings. Do I agree with them? Do I disagree? The NBA play-in, the eastern side, was yesterday. One team is gone. One advanced, and there'll be another play-in game Thursday night, tomorrow night. The West play-in is tonight, featuring LeBron and the Los Angeles Lakers going against Steph Curry and the Golden State Warriors. Then I will be breaking down the NHL playoff action and finish with a baseball highlight that keeps replaying in my mind the past few days. Let's get into it, starting with the Rams' defense. Why do I bring this up? Well, last year, the Rams' defense was special. Number one ranked in the league. Number one scoring defense. I believe it was around 18 points, maybe 19 points. They averaged a game, and they were third in total yards allowed a game I believe maybe they were number one in yards, but I know they were number three in something in defense. Uh, No, they were number one in passing yards, number three against the run, so you had number one uh, total defense. This defense was legit across the board, best defense by far. So Josh, why are you bringing this up? Well, because the Rams have Super Bowl aspirations. Now, they've had it back when Jared Goff, when he took them to the Super Bowl against the Patriots uh, a few years ago. And the offense was a calling card, but now it looks like the defense is a calling card. Is this still going to be the case? I don't know. That remains to be seen. Why? Well, your defensive coordinator from last year is now gone. Brandon Staley is gone. He's moving on to bigger and better things. He'll be the coach of the Chargers. So Brandon Staley, your defensive coordinator, was there for one year, and you had the best defense uh, by far the whole regular season. He's gone. That's huge because this uh, team now brings in the defensive coordinator from the Atlanta Falcons, Raheem Morris, whose Atlanta has not been good on defense last year. And I'll tell you why this is a big deal. Uh, because Sean McVay is an offensive guru, offensive-minded coach. Uh, the schemes that he puts in, but he developed with Jared Goff and is hoping uh, to have some success with Matthew Stafford now. Uh, it was important because they, they never had a great defense uh, when their offense was clicking, their defense was, and their defense has slowly got better uh, by Aaron Donald, uh, the trade of Jalen Ramsey. So they've been good, but last year they were spectacular. And that was in part because Sean McVay had Brandon Staley, and Sean McVay didn't even have to blink an eye or think about anything that happened on defense. Brandon Staley could just run that 3-4 scheme uh, to, to perfection with the personnel there. Now you have an unproven defensive coordinator. 
And Sean McVay's going to have to worry about that defensive coordinator. He's going to have to make sure everything's up to snuff compared to last year and years before. Now Raheem uh, says that you know he'll be fine, everything will be fine with the zone. This is a good opportunity. But that remains to be seen. Yes, you have your key players, but you've also lost some depth on defense. You traded Michael Brockers to the Lions for a seventh-round pick. You lost slot cornerback Troy Hill and safety John Johnson to the Browns and outside linebacker Ibukum to the 49ers. And to me, the biggest one is this is all depth, uh, but John Johnson with your starting strong safety, the shot caller back there for the secondary. So that's a huge loss. Yes, people step up in next man mentality, but you got to give it uh, some time for these younger players uh, to step up. Yes, Aaron Donald's still the man. Jalen Ramsey, your key pieces are there. You still have Leonard Floyd. But losing your depth, losing your defensive coordinator, I think is huge. I don't think they'll be the number one defense next year. I honestly believe it will be the Buccaneers that have a number one defense. I do believe the Rams will be high on that list. But it's so hard to have the best defense uh, consecutive years. Uh, we saw the Seahawks do that, I think, for four years straight, three or four years straight, uh, with the days of a legion of boom and how special that defense was. Uh, but it's hard to just keep your core guys intact and have good rotational players year in and year out. So losing depth, losing your coordinator uh, hurts them. Even effect if a defense is hurt, that hurts your offense because, you know, Matthew Stafford comes over, you always had a terrible defense in Detroit outside of one year uh, in 2014. But he was hoping to have a great defense to back him up. Who knows if that'll be the case. I still think they'll be good, but imagine Matthew Stafford might be thinking, you know, imagine if I was on this team last year with this defense, I definitely could have made more plays than Jared Goff did. Uh, but now I'm going to have to come in and do Matty Ice type things. So we'll see how he does. I still think it'll be well uh, with the offense with Sean McVay. It'll be different for Matthew Stafford to get used to. Uh, their starting center is gone as well. That always hurts. As well, it'll be some growing pains on offense. But if this defense, who was number one last year, if they can step up and be top five, I think they'll be fine, especially if it's balanced, if it's both top five and pass and rush, and they're not allowing a lot of yards as well. I think they shall be just fine. But questions, questions are still there and should be asked. Now, ESPN came out with their power rankings uh, because of the offseason and everything that's happened. I gave my power rankings for the NFL a couple weeks ago. And let's see if I agree uh, with some of their rankings. They, I only do top five. They did a full 32 so I'll just quickly analyze until I get to some bigger ones 
uh, which I think are wrong. But first off, the Houston Texans are dead last, and I totally agree with that. I do think this is the worst team of a bunch, considering that Deshaun Watson may not be there. If Deshaun Watson is there, he can definitely steal a couple of wins for you, considering how well he played last year with a bad team. But this team seems to only have gotten worse, uh, losing wide receivers. Uh, their running backs are not going to be traded for David Johnson, but he's not a good running back. Philip Lindsay as well. Uh, so this team is just bad top to bottom. Uh, coach, management system, everything. Uh, the situation was bad before the allegations came up before Deshaun Watson. 31 was the Detroit Lions, and I agree, this is the second worst team in the league. Yes, they might have a good offensive line, but they have so many problems on defense. I didn't like their early draft picks for nose tackles. Uh, Their fourth-round wide receiver, Amon Ross St. Brown, could be a good wide receiver, except he forgot how to count, as he says there was 15 wide receivers taken ahead of him, and he's upset. There is actually 16 wide receivers taken ahead of him, so I don't know how good his memory uh, will serve him, and I don't know how good his Lions team will be either. In fact, I do know how bad they'll be, as I think they'll win two or three games at most. Jacksonville Jaguars are down there. I believe that they are still one of the worst teams. Same with the Bengals and the Jets. Yes, they've improved, but not great. Same with the Eagles and the Broncos. Unless a trade for Aaron Rodgers is there. Chicago Bears are still around the same. The New York Giants are low. The Raiders, the Falcons, the football team, the Patriots, the Saints, of course, have dropped. And I agree, no longer having Drew Brees, that is a cause for a drop. Where if we were starting the season, they could be, you know, a top five team. Fringe top five, top ten last. Uh, But Drew Brees is gone. How much faith do we have in Jameis Winston or Taysom Hill? Personally, I don't have a lot of faith. I saw Jameis Winston's 30 for 30 uh, season, 30 touchdowns, 30 interceptions. Uh, Your second wide receiver is Traquan Smith. You lost some depth on defense, so yes, I can tell you know, why you're ranked the 18th best team. Uh, Sean Payton's going to have to do a heck of a job coaching uh, this year to get to where the playoffs are or close to where you know the Saints are usually at is a franchise and an organization. The Chargers stayed the same. Dallas Cowboys are still there. At number 15, the Steelers, the Dolphins, the Vikings are ahead of them, which I don't agree with. Uh, Kirk Cousins, I don't think, is a man. He's proven everywhere he's gone that he's not the man. Was he the man of a football team? What did he do for them? Nothing. What has he done for the Vikings? Nothing. You know what Kirk Cousins is? He's a con artist. He's con artist Kirk, is who he is. He has taken so much money from the Washington football team and the Vikings 
and he's not delivered anything. Tell me if Aaron Rodgers, Matt Stafford, you know, would like Adam Thielen and Stefan Diggs, or Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson. I'm sure they'd love that, but Kirk Cousins have had that. But nope, he's done nothing. Con artist Kirk and the Vikings should not be number 13. I believe the Dolphins are much more ascended. Yes, you have the X-Factor there at Tua, but Tua hasn't done anything bad to prove it. He's not the guy yet. You've now drafted talent around him and offensive linemen who are balling. Added a good friend in one of the best wide receivers of a draft in Jalen Waddell to pair with Devontae Parker and Gasecki and Will Fuller. Your defense could be all right. You have Jacoby Brissett as a backup who played fine in the Patriots system when Tom Brady was out and, you know, to me, looked halfway decent with the Colts. So no shame in that. So the Vikings being ahead, maybe on paper their team is better. But if you're going to tell me Kirk Cousins is a man, then there's a problem. Because con artist Kirk ain't doing nothing uh, for the Vikings. Case Keenum took him to the championship game. Kirk Cousins, con artist Kirk, has never done that. Never gone to one of those games in his life. And I believe has won one primetime game in his life. And now he's on the tail end of his career. So, Connors Kirk and those Vikings can hitch a ride uh, somewhere else. The Colts are there up there. The Cardinals just outside the top ten. And I agree. I'm personally high on the Cardinals. Uh, They made a lot of signings. But they drafted their cornerbacks later, and I thought they could have got NFL-ready ones uh, day one because you lost Patrick Peters and getting older Jake Kirkpatrick, who I never thought was great. And your additions have been older. J.J. Watt is an older player. Uh, Malcolm Butler as well. A.J. Green. So you have a lot of veteran presence on there. It's just, will they all pan out? That's the question that remains to be seen. So now they're top 10, the Tennessee Titans. I don't mind. I wish they drafted a wide receiver earlier uh, to pair with A.J. Brown. Take some of the load off Derrick Henry. Yes, he's your workhorse. Yes, he's the back. But sometimes I just don't know about that. 49ers moved up to 9. I agree. Seattle Seahawks at 8. Cleveland Browns at 7. I believe they should be significantly higher. The Baltimore Ravens are 6. If we're talking about where they were last season and the moves made, the Browns should definitely be above them. The Browns should be higher than the Ravens. For sure, they've made more additions in the offseason than the Baltimore Ravens, and last year, they made it to the same spot. They both made it to the divisional round of the playoffs. 
The Baltimore Ravens had an easier draw on the Bills. And the Browns had a much tougher time with the Chiefs. Or a tough, tougher draw. But the Browns looked better in their game and played better in their game. Yes, you can say Lamar Jackson was hurt, but they weren't really competitive in the game when he was healthy uh, before he was taken out of the game. And, you know, the Browns stayed healthy or was, were competitive even when Patrick Mahomes was in the game. And the, Baltimore, or the Cleveland Browns have done more uh, to this roster, added more talent than before in any other offseason. I remember adding a pass rusher opposite of Miles Garrett. What they did in the draft, drafting quarterbacks and a middle linebacker. Uh, all of this is great. Well, as the Ravens, you know, drafted a wide receiver, but who knows how often these wide receivers will be utilized uh, when you have Lamar Jackson running the football uh, quite often. Yes, they have a big offensive line. Most of it is unproven uh, and older. So we will see if he traded to Orlando Brown. So I definitely believe Cleveland Browns uh, should be higher in the top five. Who else do I think they should be higher than? Oh, number five. You have the Green Bay Packers. Now they've done nothing to prove they are number five. Yeah, last year they finished the season at number four. They were the fourth best team. Since then, they've lost their backup running back Jamal Williams, lost their All Pro starting center Corey Lindsley, and did nothing. To replace those, and then in the draft, your first round pick, Kevin or uh, Eric Stokes, was a projected second or third rounder. So to me, none of that makes sense. It doesn't add up on the Green Bay Packers being number five uh, when you have a team such as the Cleveland Browns looking better, playing better. To me, if you were encompassing this all, they should be higher. Number four, the Los Angeles Rams. This is one I'm fine with. Yes, they lost their center, didn't draft a replacement, uh, but they added Matthew Stafford, which was the big thing, taking the next step over Jared Goff. They still have a great defense, as I've just outlined. I don't know if they'll be number one, but they'll still be really good. Sean McVay is a great and brilliant coach who will take his troops to battle and put them in the best position to win week in and week out. Buffalo Bills at three. I also think the Browns should at least be ahead of the Bills. Uh, Maybe that would mean the Rams to three, uh, the Browns to three. Uh, I don't know about that, but I do like what the Buffalo Bills have done, as I outlined in my previous podcast. I do think their offense is legit and here to stay as long as Sean McDermott is here to stay. Uh, with Josh Allen, uh, this offense took off last year. They added some rushers on defense as well to get after the quarterback. So they did a lot positive. It's just will those trends in the defensive direction uh, pay off? That is the big question. That remains to be seen. But other than that, I do like the Bills. Uh some people say they can flip a coin between the Bills and the Browns. Uh, I'm a fan of the Browns and what they're building in their rush attack uh, compared to the Bills uh, trying to compete for Chiefs 
uh, by big play and big play. Then one major discrepancy I see as well is they had the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at number two and the Kansas City Chiefs at number one. Now, who in their right mind decides that the defending Super Bowl champions are the second best team? What in your right mind makes you think that and makes you think the Chiefs automatically get to pass the Bucks at number one? Now, I love the Bucks. I mean, I love the Chiefs. Love Patrick Mahomes. Love this offense, love Andy Reid, Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, the Honey Badger, Chris Jones, Sneed, all of them. Love them all. This is my team. They're not my team, but they have a lot of players that I do like and enjoy watching play. And I'll tell you, I personally think, you know, it's not a 1 and 2, it's a 1A and 1B. But after what happened in the Super Bowl... I don't care what the Chiefs did. I don't care if they revamped their entire offensive line and traded for Orlando Brown and drafted a center uh, and did this and that. Because that remains to be seen. How this group meshes together. It's a younger group. It's a newer group. How do they mesh? Will this defense be any better? They weren't top 10 last year. That's for sure. Is this defense improved? Uh, your running game, that didn't look good, and offensive line was a little bit of a problem, but Clyde Edwards-Alaire isn't a big back. That's a problem. You lost Sammy Watkins as well, wide receiver depth. That's a problem. So to me, they overhauled their biggest weakness, but there's other holes around the roster that need to be addressed, and people like to mask over with Patrick Mahomes, and he is a great mask. Uh, to have. But when you have a Tampa Bay Buccaneers who literally did not lose a thing in free agency and added a player in free agency, in Giovanni Bernard at running back, re-signed all the starters and then had the draft on top of that uh, to help out Shaq Barrett and JPP on the edge, especially uh, JPP as he is getting older, a younger edge rusher. That is what you do, and you have the Chiefs above them, now there's something wrong. Now I feel like there's a little Tom Brady bias around here in a bad way, in a negative way. I don't think that should be the case. I don't believe the Chiefs should be in number one in any power, or rankings, at all. A lot I disagree with, a few I agree with, but majority, especially that top five, do not agree with. Now, moving on to the NBA play-in. Tuesday, yesterday, I was wrong on both my picks. I thought I'd go with, you know, the cool underdog type picks. Not one of them worked out well for me. I picked the Charlotte Hornets to beat the Pacers. I was dead wrong about that. The Indiana Pacers avalanched right through the Charlotte Hornets. 
and sent by 10th seed packing. O'Shea Brissett, DeMontis Sabanis, 21 rebounds, 14 points, 9 assists, 21 rebounds. Indiana was insane. They had the desire to win this day, win that game. No matter what, Malcolm Brogdon did well at all. The Charlotte Hornet defense uh, could not get stops and stop this Indiana team. 117 points should be good enough to win. Uh, Terry Rozier, Malik Monk, LaMelo Ball. But better luck next year. I think this team, the Charlotte Hornets, will be better next year. But the Pacers uh, were too much and dominated the Hornets. So they get to live to fight another day. They'll play Thursday. But who would they play? The Hornets are out. The Pacers are advanced to the next round of playing. Would they play the Wizards or the Celtics? I was wrong on that one. I picked the Wizards because uh, the Celtics were so inconsistent. The Wizards were hot at the right time. And I was wrong about picking the Washington Wizards. Jason Tatum decided to drop a 50 spot on the Washington Wizards. 32 of those points in the second half. 17 for 17 from the free throw line. Kimba Walker decided to ball out two with 29 points. Tristan Thompson looking like his calf self adding in 12 points. It was too much for the Wizards. Russell Westbrook 20 points, 14 rebounds. Bradley Bill 22 points uh, was not enough to take out the brilliant Jason Tatum and Kimba Walker. They were too much uh, for Coach Scotty Brooks. Even without fair score, Jalen Brown, the Celtics dominated, especially in the second half. So, congratulations to the Celtics getting it done. Now, the East play-in is set for the 8th seed. And then the Celtics are the 7th seed. They play the Nets. But I don't think the Celtics have any shot at that at all. I think the Nets could sweep them more than I think Boston could you know, lose in 7 games. Uh, I think Brooklyn's too much. We are big 3. It's too much if Jalen Brown was in. It'd be a little bit more competitive, but the loss of Jalen Brown hurts the Boston Celtics in a series with the Nets, and it does one game against the Wizards. So then your play-in is set. Your East seed tomorrow. The eight seed, who will play the Sixers? Will it be the Indiana Pacers, Pacers or the Washington Wizards? I go back and forth on both teams. I just picked the Wizards, and they let me down. I went against the Pacers, and they showed up. Do I pick my repeat Wizards? Do I go and pick a team that I didn't pick? And will they prove me wrong? I just don't know. But I'm going to roll with the Pacers after what I saw from DeMontis Sabonis and just the team, the team, everybody getting involved with the Pacers. 
you know, no matter if uh, Karis LeVert is in or Miles Turner or T.J. Warren or whoever else is in, Malcolm Brogdon plays well uh, with them as well. And then you have Wizards who are just a streaky team who got hot, but I don't think that'll continue. They were looking like the 10 seed. They got lucky to get the 8 seed in a play-in. So I really do think I need to go with both my heart and my brain and just pick the Indiana Pacers uh, to win tomorrow and lose to the 76ers again in an inevitable matchup for the Philadelphia 76ers squad. But there are two play-in games tonight, both on ESPN, the first one coming up soon. The San Antonio Spurs versus the Memphis Grizzlies. And I do think the Grizzlies will be taking this game. Ja Morant has been sensational this season. Jonas Valanciunas at the rim has also been great. And I just don't have a lot of faith in the Spurs team. Yes, Greg Popovich is a great, great coach. Uh, One of the greatest coaches ever in the history of the NBA. Uh, But to me, that's just not enough to be off a younger, better Memphis team. DeMar DeRozan, Rudy Gay are all fine players. DeHonte Murray. But they are just not uh, the team yet to take out the Memphis Grizzlies. Um, I definitely think the Memphis Grizzlies will be advancing. But that game is really nothing in size in terms of scope and star power in terms of the game that will take place after that. The 7th seed against the 8th seed, the Golden State Warriors, and the Los Angeles Lakers will be the best play-in game to date. And I have the Lakers winning that game behind the likes of LeBron. Yes, this is essentially... A game seven is what they're viewing it as. That's what AD is. To me, you have to view this as more of a game seven than you would do if you lost and you'd play another play-in to actually try to get it. And LeBron's been in this situation many times before. Anthony Davis was clutch in the postseason all year last year. I think that can continue this year. But you're going against Steph and Curry the best shooter in the league who has been lights out seems like the past few months. He's just been great, phenomenal. We just talk about his greatness and being the second best point guard in the history of point guards. That's just all he is. Players on the Lakers have been saying he's the MVP because he has just been a so good scoring champ as well with the scoring title. Uh, but I don't think they'll win this game because LeBron and AD are too much for one man, which is Steph Curry. Draymond Green is a good player, not the player he used to be. 
And Andrew Wiggins is really the X factor as well for the Warriors. Can he knock down his shots? Can he slow LeBron down at all? No, I don't think he's going to do either. I think the Lakers are going to stop him because the Lakers have the number one defense in the league. They stopped Curry twice this year and made him look rather pedestrian. I think they can do it again with their lengths if they're healthy at 90%. Uh, This game could be a wash. I think the Lakers uh, can win this game easily. Uh, you look at the games they beat them in, you know, 117-91, to 128-97. I mean, the Lakers, to me, are just too much uh, for this team. That really is the case. LeBron's too much, AD's too much. This suffocating defense is too much. And I think they'll just get enough help. Outside of LeBron and AD, I think they'll get meaningful minutes, you know, from Kyle Kuzma, from Marcus Gasol and Andre Drummond, to just keep the Warriors at bay and keep the Lakers at pace in this game. Now, next up is the NHL. I went 2-1 and one on my picks on Monday. I was right on the Bruins winning. Another overtime game. Bruins with the win. Marshawn, 39 seconds in. A great pass by Grizzlick to Marshawn on the opposite side. Uh, the dagger and otherwise what was a great game by both goalies, Tuka Rask and Craig Anderson as well. I thought Washington really had it there. But Taylor Hall with the late goal and Grislick with assists on both of those goals uh, has been an excellent uh, offensive defenseman of sorts. Then I said the Hurricanes were going to lose to the Predators. That did not happen. Jordan Stahl uh, looked like the Jordan Stahl of 10 years ago on the Penguins. Uh, and they really never looked back after the third period. And then the Avalanche and the Blues, I said the Avalanche would win that game, and they did. Uh, was tight, and then in the third period, uh, McKinnon and Landeskog uh, said no more, got scrappy, almost a goalie fight after the game. These two teams don't like each other, and I've just seen in the playoffs so far, these teams... Uh, None of them like each other. Uh, the Capitals and Bruins, Penguins, Islanders, Lightning Panthers, uh, Blues, Avalanche. You know, when you play the same team eight or nine times in 56 games and you're just so familiar with them, uh, seeing them, you know, every week, every month, it takes a toll and you're just sick of seeing them. You know how to push uh, the other team's buttons and. Uh, draw penalties, and get after them, and that's what every team has been doing. But yesterday, the Penguins evened up their series against the Islanders. My Pittsburgh Penguins was tight, came out strong in that first period with a 2-0 lead, uh, dominated 
time on possession and shots. Uh, both goals uh, were not great. Brian Rust, especially uh, Simeon Varlamov, just standing up, uh, looking at it, uh, moved the glove a little bit, but didn't even try making a stop on it. Uh, Jeff Carter got a nice pass, but it's a one where he went through a five hole on Simeon Varlamov. Another easy goal that could have been stopped. Man, in the second period, Josh Bailey with a nasty backhand on Trusty Jari. Uh, Jari's glove side, high glove side, has not been kind to him. All of his goals in the playoffs this year has been on it. Uh, so it's up to the Pittsburgh defense to chip in and help, but also Jari to adapt and play better. But I'm happy the Penguins won. Uh, a stupid, stupid uh, penalty taken by Brian Rust at the end of a game where he closed his hand on the puck and threw it. He can't be doing that. You know, that's a two-minute minor. So I'm happy that the Pittsburgh Penguins penalty kill bailed him out while it was a six-on-four for the final minute and a half. Panthers won their game. Took home ice against the Panthers. Uh, Andre Vasilevsky stepping up in this game. And the Panthers looking helpless with Stamkos and Kucherov back. Then the Knights finally decided to score a postseason goal when they only scored one in their past ten games or such before this game. They finally decided it was time to score. Flurry with another brilliant performance. One shot, one goal allowed. Only two so far this whole series. But they broke through right after Dumba scored. Uh, with Marchesol and Alex Tuck later in the period. Uh, great feed uh, from behind the net, passed to him uh, right in the back of the net. Then he sealed the deal on a power play with little to no time remaining at the end of the third period. So it was great for the Vegas Golden Knights to get off to a win and finally win a playoff game after it looked like the Demons would never subside from last year's shocking playoff loss to the Stars. But tonight, I will be making all picks for all playoff games. There's four of them tonight. Starting with the Capitals and the Bruins. I'm rolling with the Capitals. I picked the Capitals to win the series, and I'm not trying back down. I think this could be going to a Game 7, you know, one team alternating wins. I feel like Craig Anderson has filled in admirably for Vita Vanacek and Ilya Samsonov. Still not playing. Uh, the Capitals team seems to have this Bruins team figured out. They play feistier and harder than them. Even if it looks like the Bruins could be the better team, the Capitals are still there. The Predators and Hurricanes... I'm rolling with the Hurricanes again. That was a big win a couple nights ago. I believe they continue that and beat Nashville uh, tonight. Their top line of Ajo and Smeshnikov plays well, but also uh, Jordan Stahl is well anchoring. The second line plays just as strong. Then we finally get to see one series of the North 
division finally come into play, and that's the Winnipeg Jets and the Edmonton Oilers are tonight. Connor McDavid and another playoffs. Yeah, will it be another playoff disappointment? I think overall it will be, even though I have him winning this series, and I think they'll sadly they'll win this game. But this will be a good game uh, between North Foes, Connor McDavid leading his team, going against Mark Scheifley, who is a tremendous two-way center. Kyle Connor on that same line, who's a great goal scorer. Uh, and they just fit to a Winnipeg Jets system. So, well, the X factor is going to be Connor Hellebuck for the Jets. Which Hellebuck will show up? Will it be the Vesna Trophy winner of last year? Or will it be the one that has faltered in the playoffs last year and has kind of continued since where he's not been the same goalie? Connor Hellebuck is the X Factor. Can he stop this high-powered Edmonton Oiler in their power play behind Leon Dreisaitl and Connor McDavid? Can they do it? Even with Tyson Berry playing defense, I think it'll be too much. But Connor Hellebuck does have the talent to steal a couple of games. If he plays great, and he'll have to be sensational for the Jets to pull off any kind of upsets in this series. Because I don't think they can win a shootout with the Oilers. Then lastly, the last game tonight is the St. Louis Blues and the Colorado Avalanche. I'm taking the Avalanche again. As great as Bennington was those first two periods, you was left helpless out to dry the third period. Grubauer has been the better goalie this year and one of the best goaltenders in the league. And that continues to the part tonight against the St. Louis Blues. It's too much. Nathan McKinnon, Gabriel Landeskog, Brandon Saad are all too much for this Blues team, they are undermatched in this round. And then last but not least, MLB. Will my Yankees clinch yet another split series? At least if they beat the Rangers tonight, it's possible. Then if they lose tomorrow, the series will be 2-2 and they don't technically lose the series. Corey Kluber on the mound tonight. He has been great recently. Pitching, Stanton still on IL, but we'll see. Judge has been on fire since then, batting in the three-hole as the DH. Uh, So we'll see if they get any support outside of him in LeMahieu. It's interesting with Torres back as well. But to me, the big key game tonight is the Boston Red Sox and the Toronto Blue Jays. Why? Well, this is the battle for first place in VAL East. Richards on the mound for Boston and Stripling on the mound uh, for Toronto. Xander Bogarts has been amazing this year at shortstop for Boston, both defensively and offensively. Raphael Devers has added to that along with J.D. Martinez. So this Boston lineup has been great. And Toronto hasn't been too bad itself. With Vladimir Guerrero and Hernandez and Grichek, they have a solid batting lineup. But the highlight 
the MLB highlight that keeps going through my mind is Shohei Otani for the Los Angeles Angels. I believe it was a couple nights ago. It was a high fastball up a clear ball. He took a crack on it, and it was a home run. You should check it out. Shohei Otani highlight. Couple nights ago, home run. Blasted it out of a park. It was gone. The fact that he was able to hit that by and let it fly so high. Such a high ball, too. And he was able to hit that and turn that into a home run. Great for Shohei. Another instance on what the Yankees passed up on in a great uh, athlete. Because he's more than just a baseball player. He's a great athlete. He can pitch. His ERA is around 2. A high batting average. Home run hitter. Plays a little bit of outfield as well. Uh, big arm. He's just great kid. The full package. I'm rooting uh, for Shohei Otani. Mike Trout. And the Angels. John Madden over there. Joe Madden over there. So that's it. Let's get your go. Happy Wednesday again, everybody. Talk to you guys soon. Enjoy the rest of your week. Bye, everybody.